So Women's Month in South Africa is a time to reflect on women who've shaped the world today, as well as to celebrate inspirational women, really, who continue to raise the bar for future generations. Uh, and today, Pat Magadla, who is the Senior Business Development Manager at Old Mutual Investment Group, shares her views on diversity, on women's empowerment, on gender equality in leadership roles. I mean, Pat... <laughs> To just say those three things, this is a very broad topic and we could go on for a long time. First of all, welcome to you. Um, it's great to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much, Ian. Let's ask you first about, about Women's Day and, and what it really means to you, because it's a very personal thing and yet it's a very broad thing which affects so many of uh, the women in South Africa. No, absolutely. I think for me, the way I see Women's Day, I, I see it more as a call to action for everyone across different spheres of society to make a concerted effort to include and acknowledge women's voices in whatever areas of influence that we, we've got. You know, a lot of people ask the question, I mean, do we seriously still need to have a day that's called Women's Day? And I think, unfortunately, the answer to that is that, yes, we do. So until we've seen more gender equality, until we see equal representation in executive boardrooms, equal representation of shareholding on the stock exchanges, equal representation in the political corridors. I think we still need to have a day that reminds us that we're not quite there yet. And I think, Ian, having said that, to be fair, you know, we still, we have come a long way. If I compare myself to my mother's generation or my grandmother's generation, I've had a hundred times more opportunities than my mom ever had. And that speaks to the fact that we are making huge strides, although we still haven't bridged that gap, but at least we're moving in the right direction, which is encouraging. It is encouraging. I mean, Pat, the honest truth is that uh, gender-based violence in South Africa and, and all of the, the nasties that go with it, let's not focus on those, but you cannot ignore them and you cannot, you cannot sweep them aside when talking about Women's Day uh, in South Africa over COVID-19, over this period that we, we've now just come out of or going through at the moment. This day is really necessary to highlight women's plight, really, in South Africa, isn't it? No, absolutely. I mean, if you look as a country, you know, one of the things that we should all hang our heads in shame in is the scourge of gender-based violence. And I don't know whether it's because of social media and the fact that we have more access to information, but it just feels like with each passing month, it just gets worse and worse and worse and more heinous. So we absolutely have a scourge in this country. And we need to address it. Like, I feel like we do acknowledge it. We're aware of it. But I don't know whether we're running out of solutions because it's something that needs to be addressed. Because as a woman, you have to think twice before you go out for a jog or for you to be waiting for your Uber outside a restaurant. You know, you're constantly living in fear. And that speaks to equality because my male counterpart doesn't live with that constant fear. He can just run out for a jog anytime. He can wait for his Uber outside his restaurant and feel safe. We do have a big, big problem that needs to be addressed. I don't want to sidestep that at all, and but I do want to pivot this conversation into a bit more of a positive light. We understand the plight that women are in in South Africa, but I, I do want to turn this slightly more positive. And I want to talk about the role of future women leaders in South Africa. You, you are incredibly successful in your career and I suppose a role model for so many women uh, wanting to get into your industry. I'd like to ask you more about the role of women leaders with, with change and how this change is coming about in your industry. Considering the impact of, of Gen Zs like Malala and Greta, 
Is it difficult from the past where for women to lead, they had to kind of emulate men. They had to be in the man's role. They had to step up to the plate and be like a man. Are you finding now that that's kind of changing a little bit? No, absolutely. I think, you know, you're talking about very exciting developments that are taking place right now with regards to the women's movement. And for me, you know, that I do take note of that, that a lot of the activist voices that are emerging are actually becoming, you know, they're coming from younger and younger women, you know, the likes of the Gen Zs that you spoke about, Malala and Greta, you know. And for me, that's really, really exciting. But I think what's even more exciting besides the fact that, you know, their youthfulness is the authenticity that these young women are coming to the table with. So they're, it's not about men bashing. Um, but they're coming there and they're being authentically female. They're embracing their femininity. You know, if I compare when I started in this industry, I think, you know, there was almost this assumption and rightly or wrongly, because some of these assumptions, assumptions that we come with, where you felt like you had to be, emulate more of a masculinity pose for your voice to be heard. And increasingly, that's actually changing, you know, where women are coming and they're proudly feminine in, in how they engage, you know, and I think, we also need to pay homage to some of the older generations that have paved the way for women to be able to embrace, you know, their authentic selves. You know, the likes of, I look up to the Germany's Chancellor, Angela Merkel. You know, she's a very, very powerful woman. And she comes through there still very feminine, but with decisive leadership style. And if you look at uh, New Zealand's president, Jacinda Ardern, you know, she's very compassionate in the way that she leads, but still equally effective. So I think that debate of if you're empathetic, or if you're compassionate, you're not going to be effective. I think that's been blown out of the water by all of these amazing female leaders that are blazing a path for the younger generation to actually come and be proudly feminine in how they actually tackle, you know, these gender issues. So it's, it's, it's very exciting. And even in my industry, we're starting to see a lot more women, you know, at the high echelons around the table of making decisions. So you can see that there definitely is a shift and that's coming through. You don't have to emulate being a man for you to actually be taken seriously. Pat, I hear the passion in your voice. You get that smile on your face when you realize that there is change happening. That is so encouraging because honestly, as you said, you know, the women that came before you have made that impact and things are starting to change. That's good news. After talking about, you know, gender-based violence and all of the negatives, this is, this is a piece of good news for South Africa. Let's go there. Let's talk about this because this is a big one and it keeps coming up. The wage gap in the corporate world. You know, it's all around and it's not just a South African thing. This is worldwide. This has been going on for years and years and years. What's your take on it, first of all? How, do, how does it make you feel? Does it make you feel frustrated and angry? I think for me, it is infuriating because, you know, the way people should be incentivized and rewarded, should be based on your skill, your experience, your talent that you bring to the table. You know, and I think one of the most obvious arenas that we can critique, but it's not unique to them only. It's just that, you know, in that space, their earnings are published. But if you look at, for example, the sporting fraternity, when you look at what the male counterparts get after Wimbledon win versus the female counterparts, it infuriates you, you know, like um, I've got nieces that are passionate about tennis and they wake up at five o'clock and they're practicing. So they put in the same hard work as their male colleagues. So, yeah, it, it, it is an infuriating issue and that needs to be addressed. OK, difficult question. Sorry, in advance. How do you propose that you close that wage gap, that gender based wage gap? 
So for me, I mean, just some statistics, Ian, before I, I respond to your question, I, mean, I was reading a report where it's a United Nations report that said globally, you know, to your point, this is not uniquely South African, that globally women still earn 77% of what men earn. And depending on what country you come from, it's probably worse than that. So the factor there, we do have a problem. For me, I think what's encouraging though, you know, when you speak to the likes of like my mom in her generation, what's encouraging is that we're actually talking about it. And the fact that we actually have a term for it, that speaks to the fact that it's something that's uncomfortable and we're now bringing it out into the open. And the more we talk about it, the more it becomes more comfortable and the more we start chipping away at addressing that. And you ask me, you know, the, the challenging question of how do we address it? I think, number one, there has to be the political will. I think any organization, any employer, anyone who's got a team of people that they pay wages to, we all have a role to play. And we need to be authentic about, I want to equalize that playing field. And it's not about, it's just the right thing to do and you feel warm and fuzzy. But they actually... You know, there are matrices where it benefits your organization because by you paying a woman fairly and equally, you're retaining that talent. She's not going to leave and go to another organization. And now you have to go through the whole recruitment process again, the whole retraining cost again. So it's a win-win scenario. And I think one of the quick wins that come to my mind, you know, in terms of addressing this is as an organization, you can start by doing a simple wage audit. So actually just being, you know, put hands to heart and say, we might not be getting this right. And it wasn't our intention, but we want to do better. So have a wage audit to identify, are there any existing discrepancies? And when you identify those discrepancies to look beyond just the salary. So we know like, you know, especially, in, I mean, I come from corporate and I can only speak to my environment. You know, we've got incentives where we've got bonuses and share schemes and education opportunities. So to look across the board and see, are we, are there any disparities that we need to start addressing? And then start addressing them slowly. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. You can have your annual performance discussion as an opportunity to sit and address how we're going to slowly close that gap in terms of that, you know, sell, that wage discrepancy that you might have between a male colleague and a female colleague. But I think it all starts with you have to have that authentic willingness to do the right thing. I can only speak for my business, for my business unit. And I think what happens in businesses, also, this is something which in time probably needs to be addressed. The fact that salaries are confidential. So that adds another layer of complexity where we can't disclose what we're earning to each other. It's in the code of conduct. So that's also another area, I think, when addressing this issue that needs to be looked at, you know, because I can't say for sure if, the, you know, my male colleagues and our female colleagues, if we're get, getting paid the same remuneration um, because we don't talk about it. But having said that, you know, when, when you look at the landscape and you look at your male colleagues and what they're able to achieve and you look at your female colleagues and what they're able to achieve in terms of lifestyle, for me, there does look like there is equality. But I think there are other nuances. You know, for me, what's also important is, is growth opportunities, you know, learning opportunities, educational opportunities. Old Mutual does that exceptionally well. And I've seen even the last couple of years where a lot of young women are being sent to business schools. So for me, it's not always necessarily just about your salary, but look across the board, because the more educated and empowered I am, the more I stand a chance to actually, you know, put my hand up when a position arises in executive roles. So it has to be a holistic. It can't just be looking at salaries only. Look at everything across the board. 
Um, the sense I get from my organization, I think we're doing pretty well. That is a great way to answer that question because you can't isolate it. You can't just put salaries into a silo and go, okay, well, you're getting paid the same. Therefore, you're on equal footing because it goes far deeper than that. We all know that, don't we? We all know yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, difficult questions over. Let's talk about us men. Let's talk about the feeling of, of men being disempowered with women taking roles which were traditionally theirs. I mean, there's there's a slight smirk on my face because, you know, suddenly the sh- the, the shoes on the other foot here where, where us men are going, hang on a minute, you're actually maybe better at this role than I am and I need to eat some humble pie. I think for me, Ian, I mean, one of the analogies, I heard this from my mom and I don't know where she heard it from and it, it just stuck with me where she speaks about diversity and she says, imagine the world being full of just one type of flower. So let's call it a yellow daisy. So if the world was just full of only yellow daisies, and if you drove from Cape Town to Cairo and all you ever saw were just yellow daisies, rows and rows and rows of yellow daisies, try and imagine existing in that world. So for me, what diversity brings, what gender diversity brings is that beauty of a multicolored garden with lilies and roses, like just different types of flowers, different heights, um, different flavors, different smells. And that just enhances this beautiful bouquet. And for me, that's how I see gender diversity. So by you including more women in your organization, including more women around a boardroom table, you're getting different perspectives, you know, and never mind the fact that just slightly more than half of the population is women, you know, so you're trying to cater to a market which is predominantly women. So if you're able to have women's voices telling you, but as a woman, we actually prefer the packaging to look in this manner. You actually are able to sell to more people and your bottom line is actually enhanced. So it's almost a win-win. So I think we need to stop seeing each other as threats, like as an us and them. But we actually, you know, part of the same team, our greatest allies to gender equality are men. You know, I am a product of many great men. Like for me to be where I am in my career, I've had amazing, amazing male leaders that have helped me grow to become the pet that I am today. I mean, I think one of the people that had the biggest impact on me personally was my first uh, manager who was a man and who constantly told me, Pat, just bring your authentic voice to the table. Don't try and be like anybody else. Like we need to hear it from a woman's perspective. Challenge us, push us back, hold a mirror to us. So we're all allies and we're all in this together. Well, hopefully in the near future, more people can realize that your voice is one that uh, represents diversity in the workplace. And it sounds to me as though you have a very compassionate voice. You have a deep understanding of this. And may you uh, be able to, uh, to lead future women leaders in your industry. We really appreciate your time. And thanks for your thoughts, for being honest as well. It's a, it's a tough conversation to have, Pat. No, thank you, Ian. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. At Old Mutual Wealth, we're committed to taking active measures to enable an environment of equality and fairness. Old Mutual Wealth is proud of the diversity at Exco and senior management levels. We also realize that numbers are not the only challenge. Creating an enabling environment for women to succeed and thrive is just as important. And we'll continue to strive to build this culture in our business. Old Mutual Wealth is an elite service offering brought to you by several licensed financial services providers in the Old Mutual Group. Together with a financial planner, our team of experienced specialists go to great lengths to understand what drives you. Once we know your life goals, we model a strategy around your specific needs, supported by a multi-skilled team dedicated to taking your wealth further. 
Get in touch with a financial planner today to find out more at 0860-999-199. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.